Hello and welcome to Contramundum. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Pastor Peter Isker, and welcome my co-host, uh, CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. I'm excited to do this. I've been looking forward to it all week, and we have professional music, and still, we're all going to make it is not showing up. Yeah, he's not, not able to, he's not going to make it today. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, our first topic of discussion uh, is uh, a video, uh, much like this one, of a popular cartoonist named Scott Adams, who's responsible for the Dilbert uh, cartoon. Um, he is he's become over the last you know five or six years, really since the Trump years, a political commentator as well. And uh, he said some things on his his podcast that uh, got him into some trouble. So CJ, what's what's going on with that? What's that all about? I don't know, but it's funny because he went from someone who was really critical of anyone who like was questioning vaccines or the COVID narrative, and he went from that to like full on white supremacist, like you know, like the worst enemy <laughs> in like the span of two weeks. So. Like the, the, the question vaccine to white supremacy pipeline is real and we need to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's either that or I think um, other people have brought up and I, I think there's probably some credence to this is um, when a guy goes through a really messy divorce uh, and he's he's a rich guy who's married to a, an unwholesome woman. Um, <laughs> there's there's a there's a pattern here of guys doing that. You know, Kanye uh, West uh, did some you know, something like this happened. Uh, with him where he just went off off the deep end and now you know, scott adams uh, famously got uh divorced from his his much younger you know instagram model uh wife and so maybe i mean maybe it is that he doesn't want to pay you know alimony and uh that's <laughs> that's part of it so he got himself canceled on purpose uh, who knows he's a he's you know he's a 3d chess guy i think he coined 3d chess uh as a um as a descriptor of trump so um Maybe that's what's going on with, with Scott Adams. But really, what I wanted to uh, talk about even more is uh, the comments that he made in the backlash uh, to the comments. Uh, I mean, first, I mean, if if people are listening, haven't you know, heard about what he said, what what in particular you know, did he did he comment on that got him in so much hot water? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I think I'm more interested in like the backlash itself um, and just the topic itself than like the specifics of what he said. But basically. Um, I don't even know who did the poll, but there was this poll where it asked people, black people, if if it if uh, if it was permissible. I think I think it was whether it was okay to be white. Was that it? Yes, it was, was was the, it. it was the it was the four chan phrase. Uh, it's yeah, okay, yeah, to, it's be okay to be white. Asking them about that, yeah. And like, <clears throat> and so I think what um, I think it was like forty percent said yes, and the rest were either no or unsure, basically. And he was like, "Look, if you have half the population." who can't affirm that it's okay to be white, like maybe it's safer if we don't hang around these people, you know, like it's just, it was, that's all he basically said, you know, it was, it wasn't like this anti-black thing, but it's just like, just statistically, just in terms of like protecting yourself, if you have a 50, 50 chance of running into someone, is this uh, something that should be considered? Um, so like, like just, I mean, those, those little things are, are interesting you know i don't know i don't spend a lot of time with them uh i, I think geographically like just as a matter of prudence it like geographics is going to de determine more than um like the specifics of like the race like it, I, i'm more comfortable you know seeing someone who's like 
you know, black in my area than I am someone in San Francisco. I would never go to San Francisco and hang out with black or white people. Like, I, you know, I don't discriminate when I go to San Francisco. But the, the funny the funny thing is just the fact that this is the type of topic where you can't speak reasonably. Like, that's the point. That's yeah. what's more interesting to me is like, this is a completely forbidden topic. You're not allowed to have these conversations. You're not even allowed to approach it in terms of like statistical analysis or, or no. whatever. I don't put that much weight in these kind of polls. I do think there's some very serious problems like going into the city and spending time in the wrong areas is an incredibly stupid thing to do, but we're not allowed to talk about the ethnic aspect of it. Like that's, no, you, you I can think talk that's about crime vaguely. You know, you right. can't, but that's, you can't that's more interesting to me than yeah. like the, like the details of practical living. Um, yeah. You, yeah. you know what I, I mean? I exactly. I think the, I think the backlash, like I, I, um, you know, I responded to, uh, to someone on Twitter who just, you know, was, was excoriating, you know, a, a conservative Christian, you know, writer, uh, guy, um, from, from Canada, um, was excoriating, you know, Scott Adams for, for what he said, said, Oh, this is, this is racist. It's horrible. And how can anybody even ever even come close to approving the comments that he made? It's so bad. Um, and, and I look at it like, okay, look, the like lowest hanging fruit that you can do is to be, to criticize racism. Like everybody, everybody and their brother does that, can do that. It, it doesn't, um, it, it always comes across, especially if you're on the right as virtue signaling, just to show, look how, look what a good person I am. Look how I, I, I'm good and, and virtuous and wonderful because I, I don't have these bad thoughts. And I want you all to know that I don't have these bad thoughts. Like that's, that's how it always comes across. And, uh, and so the backlash to it, you know, it was far more interesting to me than mm-hmm. anything he actually said, because like, like you said, uh, you're not allowed to discuss these things. You're not allowed to discuss, you know, crime statistics uh, around race. I mean, it's an incredibly sensitive topic and, and it's sensitive because uh, quite frankly, we've made an idol out of, out of race. Uh, we've made an idol out of, <clears throat> of, of, of just what I, what I call the civil rights regime regime. We've talked mm-hmm. about it before on, on the show, you know, Christopher Caldwell's book about how uh, civil, you know, post civil rights, civil rights, America totally remade um, the American constitution, the American form of government, American culture, um, and not for the better. I mean, one, one of the things I, I, I said online this week is that if you if you gauge you know, sociological statistics um, and you put them all together, right, every every statistic since the Civil Rights Act of 1965 for, for black people has gotten worse other than other than maybe medium income. And even that is kind of wonky uh, because it doesn't take into account inflation and things like that. Um, so all the, you know, all the indicators, you know, whether it's marriage, out of wedlock births, uh, drug abuse, crime, all of these things are, are far worse in the last uh, 50, 60 years. Um, and, and so because, because there was um, that actor, the Breaking Bad actor, uh, Brian Cranston was saying, oh, make America great again. That's racist because <clears throat> America was never great for black people. And it's like, well, I don't know, like if I was if I was a black guy, I would I would much rather live in a, in a country where my people um, have it better, like where children of my race would be able to have moms and dads in the household at a much higher, higher rate. Um, that's a good standard of living. Uh, even if you're marginally wealthier, like who cares if you have a TV or Netflix, if you don't have a dad. Um, and so anyway, like the, things like that, like you're not allowed to talk about that kind of stuff. You're not allowed to talk about how things have gotten worse 
uh, since you know since affirmative action, since uh, since all of the the civil rights legislation has has made this like over the top effort to try to enforce equal outcomes. Um, so those are the things I'm much more interested in is, is why is this taboo? Why is it, why are you not allowed to speak honestly and frankly about this? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm most interested, you know, about it as a pastor because I want my people, you know, that, that are in my congregation and the people that, that I am able to influence. I want them to know the truth, right? I want them to, I want them to walk in the truth and to be aware of what the truth is is I don't want people to say, oh, here's a here's a forbidden zone of inquiry that you can't think about or discuss, right? That's that's a that's a huge problem. As soon as you see that, like, oh, you know, we're not allowed to talk about this. And if you do, if you if you get anywhere near that, then well, you're you're definitely a bad person. I, um, I yeah, let me let me. So I I think that there's actually another element here too because I do think that the left is so radicalizing racial tensions that this is mm-hmm. actually going to confront so many more people than are already being like we go on we go on twitter we go on social media and like it's it's um it's one thing to like sit in your house and like um you not be racist or whatever but like these are very real phenomena that are being stoked and fueled like on the, purpose yeah like yeah 50 if 50 percent of people answer this way th- that's coming from somewhere somebody wants yeah. that to happen these are actual tensions like in an ideal world like if we could like sit down and blueprint like the ideal society, maybe things wouldn't be like that. Maybe people wouldn't answer in that way. But the people who are running the show, the the managerial elite of this country, of this civilization, of the entire West are stoking these exact racial tensions. And part of the problem is that white people, you know, people of European descent are not really allowed to defend themselves and say, look, this is something that we inherited. This is a culture that was passed on to us. And if we change the demographic character of this thing that we've inherited, it's going to change our entire civilization because whites are not willing to defend that. And they have to have this awkward step on eggshells response to everything. There actually is no possible defense. And so the left can agitate and it can create these tensions. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like these are the rules for radicals. These are the things that are being leveraged against us. And you have to confront the situation as it exists, not as you wish it was. The fact of the matter is that there are more and more black people, uh, Indian, not really Indians as much. They have other, you know, there's other elements to my critique of, of, of that subculture, Mexicans. But the fact of the matter is that these minorities are being fueled against white people that's the fact of the matter and we have to deal with that we have to accept that and we have to react to it in an honest and um self-preserving way like we have to take care of the fact we have to think about the fact that we do have families and if there are people being agitated along racial lines we have to confront that honestly otherwise um we lose you know and and losing and losing does not help anybody yeah, absolutely. I mean, and some of it too is like if you look at the and one point I've made is that if you look at that poll, and and again, it, you know, I don't know is is it an accurate poll? Is it is it very scientifically well sampled? You know, is the question really a good one? I mean, are pe- do people are they cognizant that it's a four chan meme, or are they just are they or do they think of um, you know just whiteness in general? I think it's probably the latter um, that they're 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 saying you know a quarter of them or whatever. Um, or, or really fully half are like, I don't know if it's okay for white people to exist, right? That's essentially what the poll is saying. That's what Adams was reacting to. Like if you took, if you took, um, 
and reversed it. You know, I mean, here I am doing the imagine if the situations were reversed, you know, Ben Shapiro stuff. Uh, but like, if, really, if you did this, if you took that poll and if you if you said you polled white people, right, white middle class mm-hmm. Donald Trump voters, right, you, you polled these people and said, is it OK for Jews to exist? Is it OK for black people to exist? Is it, is it OK mm-hmm. for uh, for Hispanics to exist? Right. Um, and you if you got any response, like one percent saying no. Right. From white mega voters. Like it right. would be DEFCON one in the media. Like it would mm-hmm. be like the FBI would be out. They'd be hunting down the people, the 1% of people that answered no and, and like destroying them and put rounding them up and putting them in gulags. Like that's what would be happening. And mm-hmm. so if, for Scott Adams to respond that way and say, Oh, just get away from these people. Like if, if there are a significant number of people that think you, sh- you are bad just because you're white, um, you need to avoid them. Like just, it's a law of large numbers. Like you should, you should, you should bear that in mind. Like that's, that's just sensible, logical you know, analysis really. Um, if, if, right. if these numbers are true. And, and so, like you said, there's, there are billions of dollars going into stoking anti-white hatred. Like the 1619 project is a real yeah. thing. Like yeah, I mean, it's it, a huge program to like gin up anti-white hatred in, in our country. And it is. And conservatives, like, they can't, we have to stop responding like this. We can't stop, we can't, we need to stop saying uh, they shouldn't be doing that. Instead, we should pr- prefer racial harmony. Like, that yeah, is not, no a, race, that's not a race, human response. race. There's no race. Yeah, we're all, but, we're a colorblind society. You know, I mean, but that's, that's but those are, yeah. that's just rhetoric. That's not an actual preservation yeah. strategy. That doesn't no. actually do anything. These are very real. It, it's not saying, like, in, like they're not asking blacks like in an ideal world would it be okay for white people they're saying right now do you think it is okay for these white people to exist like yeah. you have to respond to the dynamics as they are and that's i think really difficult for uh evangelical conservatives who have had their own um you know frame framework of christian love used and pl- employed against them it, it's like used against them to suppress them and to take advantage of them and to have power over them. And people need to be very aware of what's happening. And I don't think they are, although, you know, younger people are definitely waking up to it. Like, you know, yeah. I don't care if, I don't care if, um, you know, the gospel coalition approves of my response to polls like that. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think, exactly. I think yeah. lots of young people feel the same. I, I think a growing number do where it's not, you know, it's not born out of racial animus or anything like that. It's, it's literally born out of, um, if if there are a lot of people that you know, from another race that think that I a, am responsible for um, their poor, you know, economic or social conditions, that it's like my fault because my because of my existence on yeah. on this planet um, and my children and, and and people that look like me, um, then that's a problem. Like that's a, I mean, even if if you if you strip away um race or if you strip away you know all, all of the the preconceived things that we have if you just if you just said like, i i made this analogy elsewhere like if 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 there were you know if 13 percent of our population were uh model train enthusiasts right and they all they all wore you know little conductor hats where they were very easily identifiable and a quarter of of model train enthusiasts said that the remaining population that they they think they deserve to be wiped out, to be genocided. Um, like you would be very suspicious of the uh, the hundred percent of 
model train enthusiasts and their little conductor hats. Like you, you just would, that would be, that would be the natural logical conclusion that you would reach. You would be, you would be wary. You would think this, this person um, might do me harm. Like I, someone mm. uh, shared, I mean, th- these videos, you know, are ubiquitous. Um, I mean, this week there was the, um, the guy who point blank, I mean, we're definitely not going to share this video um, that point blank shot a white homeless guy, like just, you know, loaded his gun and, and shot him. And, and people are like, why did the guy in the video tackle the guy or do something? And it's like, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, there, there are people that, you know, videos of black people like destroying Walmarts and dumping milk all over themselves and things like people, people share these videos. Yeah. Like, why doesn't someone stop them? Why does it someone stop because them? Why do they take a video? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Why, why not? Why do you think they don't? Because your life would be ruined for yes. zero gain. Yes. Right? You, you would yeah. be destroyed because you're a white person doing, doing, you know, you can yeah, sue it out of your mind, all of this. Yeah. That's, that's what you said about the civil rights regime. So what it did is it replaced old standards of like property rights and the ability of the law to confront someone who's harming property. It replaced that like, um, like, like British sort of cultural legal dynamic. And it replaced it with this new set of rules where you can do those things as long as you're in the prioritize minority group but if you try to stop them and you are in a position of racial power over that person you're the one that's going to be culturally ostracized again it's not it's not specifically a legal thing you're not you're not breaking a specific law um although you know who knows like walmart could sue you or whatever for like doing bad things in their store there's all kinds of things that could happen but at the end of the day the cultural ostracism is the law it is a de facto law that you're not allowed to um, defend property against uh, property breachers if if the property breachers are in a protected class. It, that's yeah. that's the new civil rights regime. And so yes, you have to protect yourself, and you can't operate on an outdated model of the way you know uh, legislative society works. Well, you just think about it. Like, um, I mean, for for one thing, like, um, like for example, uh, the there is a, a like a majority at least of, of people on the left who believe that Kyle Rittenhouse shot black people. Right. They, they, yeah. they think that, that, which I mean, and within their moral calculus along these same lines, you know, whether he was justified or not in shooting, if he, if a white guy shot right. black people, he's a bad guy. Like that's what mm-hmm. they think. That's mm-hmm. what they think. They think if police shoot black criminals that, <clears throat> you know, axiomatically the police did something wrong. And, and that's, it's, it's part and parcel that's, to the, the yeah. entire system. And that's the reality. And so you have to deal with reality. You can't deal with like this, like liberal ideal. You have to deal with things as they are, Yeah. you know, um, yeah, so, and- like, like you mentioned earlier, the Christian response, like, so I, I want to bring this up because I've talked about this before um, in, in Vody Bauckham's book, um, Fault Lines. Yeah. He says that he tries to, um, provide an alternative to dealing with these racial tensions, the alternative to critical race theory. And he says that the, the solution to this is the gospel. And I, I want, I want to disagree with that. And, and I think this is relevant. Whoa, to you're, whoa, whoa, whoa. You disagree. Yeah, trying, I, I do. Kidding. I think, I think it's a political, I think there's only a, I think there are political and sociological solutions, but the gospel itself is not the solution for dealing yeah. with these society wide racial crimes. And the reason for that is people will cite things like, you know, in Christ, you're no longer Jew and Gentile. Um, but the, but, but the, uh, the qualifier in that sentence is in Christ. Yes. Society at large is not in Christ. 
right? So in within the church context, within your congregation or within the visible church, um, you can or you you can look beyond these uh, natural categories. But in the world at large, you have to. Uh, these things are real and these things have to be dealt with. The gospel can't be a solution for all of society because the Bible says that the gospel is actually a stumbling block for people who don't believe. And it actually divides society up. The gospel is something that's not political. It's not a solution at all because the the gospel is something that divides people. It unites the church, but it divides you from the world. And so these, we need political and sociological solutions, not the gospel. The gospel is um, specific to the people of God. Um, and so, like, this is something that I, I really disagree with on Vody Bakum. And a lot of people have this, what I call, like, a gospel expansionism, where it applies to everything. But I don't think it does. I think it's, I think it's specific to a certain uh, context. And I think that, that politics, therefore, does have a role. Like, I'm, you know, politics does have a, a real function in the preservation of, um, you know, a general society. Yeah, I, I think um, I would maybe push back. Uh, a tiny yeah. bit on this, but um, I, I don't disagree with you largely in, in what you're saying um, because I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of this Jesus juke that, you know, if you're familiar with that, that term that people run where it's like, well, the gospel just fixes. It's like, you know, it's, it's the meme of, you know, step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, gospel uh, prophet. Like that's like, that, like that's, it's, it's, uh, people treat it that way where it's like, the, it's this magic wand that you wave where like, well, we just, we just solve it with the gospel. Um, when that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you to that, to that extent. Um, I, I think that, um, and, and some of this gets into, into, into our, you know, disparate, uh, eschatological views. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not just eschatological. I mean, this, no, this is I kind don't of like, so. no. yeah, this, this is actually the difference between you and I, like on, um, uh, like ecclesiology, mm-hmm. you know, and things like the, the nature of the two kingdoms. This is like, this is actually right up the alley of the number one Christian podcast in the world, because this yes. has to do with, um, uh, you know, Stephen Wolf talks about this in his book, you know, what are, what is the natural end of man and what is the like heavenly uh yes end of man so this this has to bear with all of that stuff and it's right up our alley um like absolutely so so i I, and i and i and i know we've talked about this before we have our like little distinctions uh in this area but i do emphasize the fact that there is two kingdoms and there is a heavenly kingdom and there is an earthly kingdom and this earthly temporal kingdom has natural lines of division that are distinct from the heavenly uh, lines of division and the gospel only relates to the heavenly lines of division not the natural temporal ones oh certainly i i the way i look at it is um if if uh if we'll be super optimistic here and say in five years you know we get the the red caesar you know and uh, <laughs> and whoever that may be and um you know say say tom brady or someone or whoever we want to say uh you know Gordon comes Ramsey. in and uh you know just just rolls every everything away and and starts um starts cracking skulls and and clearing them out and um and and he rules, you know, with an iron fist, and does all the things that, that need to be done, um, and then he converts to Christianity, right? And uh, you know, a Constantine situation. Like I think that is the the natural progression of of how the gospel works. I mean, the the, the Bible talks about this that the kings the kings will convert their kingdoms will uh, will stream into Zion and so forth. Um, so in, in that sense, I don't I don't know if Vodi is is necessarily saying it, you know, in in, in those terms. 
Um, I think a lot of people do where it's like, well, we just, we just preach the gospel enough and the leaven of the gospel will make its way through society and then crime will end. Uh, when it's like, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that either. I, I, I follow in line, you know, where, where you or, or, or Stephen Wolf uh, would put it where it's no, you, you know, whether society is Christian or not, you, you still have to make policy decisions about having a society or not, or having a, a civilization with, with law and, and order um, that, that it isn't only Christians that have those things, right? It's, it human beings are capable of having um, ordered societies. Um, it's that, you know, grace perfects nature. I think that, I think that's true. I think, you know, Christian society is even better and more well-ordered than, than a typical non-Christian one uh, that, that still has order. So that's maybe where we, where we disagree, but nevertheless, um, all of these things are, um, are questions of, of policy decisions. They're, they're questions of, of what people will tolerate and what they, they will put up with. And, and, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I kind of call it the, um, you know, not to, not to, um, you know, throw shade on our, on our, you know, our, the elder generation, but it's, it's kind of, it's this, the boomer conservative view on, on race that a lot of conservative Christians yeah. have and that, that Vody I think really is speaking to where it's just, well, if we just have a, if we just apply the gospel, then we'll have this colorblind society. We'll have, you know, we'll, we'll have mm-hmm. what we've been trained in this liberal way. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, this is straight up uh, classical liberalism uh, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to, to view just people as individuals rather mm-hmm. than, rather than groups. This, um, yeah. But the, but everybody else, the people that are ginning up the race hate, um, <clears throat> right. They this... don't view everybody as individuals at right. all. They do right. not. They refuse to, they view us as a group. Exactly. A group that must be destroyed. That's why expropriated. That's why Sam Francis referred to this as like a very peculiarly American dilemma. Because yeah. in England, you can defend yourself as this is my country. It's English. I'm an Englishman. I'm English. Yeah. Right. I'm an Englishman. And this is this country belongs to uh the English. <laughs> in Germany, yeah. it's the same thing. This country belongs well, to Well, I mean, you, you go to jail in England if you if you say those things. Well, but yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. I mean yeah. historically. But America <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. America doesn't have that. And so this is no. the always been the American dilemma because it's not made up of only English. It's not made up of only Germans. It's made up of um, groups from Western Europe who came uh, came here to set up, um, you know, you know, an alternative way and to and to preserve their own community, um, you know, aspects of things. But there's always had to be some sort of ethnic cultural boundary on it. Otherwise, you get what we have today. And it's the American dilemma because when it was started, nobody thought of it as an English project. You know, no. it was it was definitely mostly a British project, mostly. Um, but it, it but it wasn't it wasn't like you had to have like an ethnic um, relation to the founders in order to, you know, contribute to the community and be a part of it or benefit from it. But at the end of the day, as things got broader and as the immigration demographics changed and one of the best books on this, um, oh, I think his name's Wilma. I, we need to share this. I'm going to put this in the. Hold on, okay, I'm gonna yes. get this book. <laughs> now yeah. I have to tap dance while he's looking for his, this, the library. Okay, this, there we go. This book right here, I highly. If anyone wants to study what happened in uh, the American uh, situation, the dispossession majority. majority. Okay, yeah, majority. Right. Yeah, yeah. This book is. It's really hard to find, of course, um, but it's one of the best books on exactly what happened. It like it starts it narrowly with like sort of this, uh, like Brit- basically this British situation then it expands with like irish 
um, immigrants. And then you had like French and German, not as much French, but you had like a German and Dutch populations. And then it started to move out you know, it, like Italians started coming in and Eastern Europeans and the whole culture changed. But those people were closer to the British situation than our people from like uh, like Africa or Asia or you know Southeast Asia, India. Those people are cult like culturally similar. They came from, you know, Christian Europe, basically. Yeah. Um, Mostly Protestant, so, too. Yeah. So as things expanded, though, the lines became blurred and blurred. And so there was always this like underlying America, particularly American dilemma, where it was never race and ethnicity was never really going to be like mentioned as an official you know, aspect of our of our society. Um, but as things begin to change, you see the third world; they actually do define themselves as a, like a like an like an anti European group. And so you have this weird situation where you have these core of Americans that don't think in this way, but you have this opposition party that does think in this way. And so the only way for the internal uh, people, the original legacy heritage Americans to defend themselves is they have to actually confront what is racially happening. And that's extremely uncomfortable for people, but I don't see any other alternative. You can't pursue this liberal situation because the liberal situation is precisely uh, precisely the grounds that were taken over by the third world. If you go back to a colorblind society, it's going to actually fuel the power of the third world. And it's just, it's really difficult for people to grasp and to come to terms with, but there's no other way than to see yourself as part of this group and defend it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, a huge part of it. And that's, I mean, that's why sometimes we've talked about like the American founding as this, um, you know, vague, uh, you know, Anglo Protestant uh, project. I mean, this is more or less what Wolf uh, talks about in his book that it's, it's this, you know, generally Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, project. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only way you're, only way to put it like it's 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 hard because it's it's difficult i mean it's it's somewhat nebulous what a nation is and people talk about nationalism in, in terms of ethne and that's and, why it's a dilemma situation yeah that, right. it's, it's a huge it's a huge problem because um in terms of identity um mm -hmm. you know, people don't know what what is an american i mean it's like the matt you know it's like that matt walsh movie what is a woman um that's a pretty easy question for, i mean it's it's you know funny because he can go around and, and make fun of the libs and, and that kind of thing but he would never ask a question of what is an American. Yeah. Uh, of course, the okay. like Daily Wire answer would yeah. be uh, would be ah, it's anybody who believes in the American creed. It's uh, whatever <laughs> our, whatever our, our beliefs are. You know, we, we, it's a it's yeah. proposition nationhood. And it's like, well, no, no, because it's it's not just answering the, the right answers on a test that make you part mm -hmm. of a people. Um, mm -hmm. no, nobody believes that. It's a shared um, experience. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. an identity to like identifying with, with the culture and heritage. I mean, we talked, you know, previously about uh, Vivek uh, Rama, right. Ramaswamy. Um, and it's like, okay, look, um, if you really are an American, you know, what people did a hundred years ago when they wanted to identify as Americans and become part of the American people is like you, you anglicized your name. Like you, you adopted an American sounding name that's what you do when you go to a foreign country and you assimilate into into those people well we don't have anything to assimilate into anymore like that that's a question that is is extremely vague what is an american yeah. right we, we don't really know is it, is it just somebody who occupies a space in in shop the shopping mall you know writ large that we, we call a nation um mm -hmm. it or or is it like an actual people with a with a with a history with a culture with a heritage right. um 
And 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 it's 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 like totally taboo to answer these questions. Like you're never going to get um anyone discussing that in the gospel coalition. You're never or or like mainstream evangelicalism. Right. Like because no one's they're gonna liberals. talk about this stuff. Yeah. Because they're liberals. Yeah. And they know like and, and, and like their moral like their their entire moral paradigm is is not like based around the Bible because the Bible talks about ethnic groups mm-hmm. and, and ethnic identity and, and things like this among different different you know nations and peoples. Um but they 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 like retcon uh, this like this liberal I- idea this this globalist you know deracinated mm-hmm. liberal idea that all of humanity is just individuals and that's how we have to look at at people is just as, as individuals and there are no nations there are no groups really that ultimately there's no families I and mean, they take you know Galatians you know three twenty eight um, and they they contort it and like that's that's the 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 thing that they jam everything through and they they twist it into into making um making life something other than what it is um that's that's you know to say that there's no jew or greek or male or female like like and and ultimately what it does it's it's interesting i mean it's not just i don't bring up the matt walsh what is a woman thing you know flippantly um it's like those two things are connected in in galatians in how they manipulate galatians 328 because it's well if, if that means that there are no like individuals um, there are no groups, there's no nations, there's no ethnic identity um, among peoples, then um, there's no distinction between men and women either, right? I mean, right. that's where you well, get right. egalitarianism yeah. in, in evangelicalism, but it's also where you get um, – it's, it's mm-hmm. also where you get transgenderism um, yeah. in support of it is, well, maybe there's no male or female, so maybe I'm a male. I can become a female. Uh, I feel like a woman now. Um, like that's, I mean, those, these two things are connected. Like it's not, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like, I mean, I remember there was some, some show, I can't remember some, they made, everybody made fun of it uh, you know, like a year ago uh, where somebody is like, it's, it's the fault of Baptists for why we have transgenderism. <laughs> like somebody made that point. Um, it's like, well, it's not, not Baptist. It's, it is liberalism though. Like it is yeah. this like individualistic um, idea of, of what humanity is and, and human beings are individuals, but they're also parts of groups. That's, yeah. that's, that's how God made us. Right? Right. That is how God made us. He made us one and he made us many. Um, yeah. So- that, and that's, that's part of the grace perfects nature thing. Cause if grace is, if grace like, um, is like a revolution against nature, then we need to start up, stop, like we need to start opposing our, like not, not neglecting or pushing aside or suppressing our ethnic um, background and our heritage and our families. But- you know, and yeah, like, not even ethnic, like, like your own you know, flesh and blood. It's like, well, I don't, I don't care about you child. You know, you're like, that's, that's ethnocentric. If I, if I prefer you son to a, a child somewhere in Africa or Asia or South America, um, right. I need to care about them more than you. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give your Christmas presents to a kid in Africa. Like that's, that's, I mean, that's almost like the attitude that they want people to have. Of course. Um, yes. <laughs> because yes. that's liberalism. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing about liberalism is you can't actually build a society onto it. So what happens if you have um, most of legacy Americans pursuing these liberal framework is you don't actually get the liberal framework. What you what you get is this civilization or this culture built by people who all, who are willing to oppose the liberal framework. So while you're supporting it and trying to build up this colorblind society where there is no temporal priorities – what happens is the people that want to smash all of those things and they want to smash the colorblind society and they actually do believe in this. Um, well, I, I just had a discussion with um, with with uh, Amy Wax and Paul Gottfried 
on the Chronicles Magazine podcast, which you should also t- uh, check out. It's not as it's not as based as the uh, Contramundum podcast, but uh, it was still, still a good. Those, those names sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Huge conversation, and she she basically called it this Pan African ideology, and and they want to supplant the European backed or based uh, or rooted nation of America. They want to replace it with the third world. And so when when you have all of these legacy Americans pursuing a liberal framework, what you're going to get is the people who are willing to push that out of the way and build their third world uh, utopia. And so you're not going to actually preserve anything at all. Yeah. Wolf talks about this in his book as well. I mean, we're, we're shilling the Wolf book today, but um, the, uh, I expect the check in the mail from Canon Press any, any minute. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it it's um he makes this point about western peoples um have this like this universalist um idea that we assume that everybody is just like us that all Mm -hmm. over the world that they'll be good liberals just like we are and they'll they'll just they'll 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 cry whenever the declaration of independence is read and say that all men are created equal and yada 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 um that we just assume like people just assume that's what's going on Right. When mm-hmm. when Joel Berry of the Babylon Bee says, well, these are all these people from all these Hispanic people that are flooding over the border. Uh, they're good Christians. They're solid Roman Catholics. They're very conservative. And they think just like, us. well, no, they don't. No, they don't. They think of, in terms of group. They think like they're yeah. highest which is priority. not bad, which is like that's not it's not bad. It's just that it's mutually exclusive with our way of life. Yeah. Whether that's, it's good or bad, like that's that's the way they think, you know, that's it, yeah. in, in this amoral way. That's that's how that's what they're like. Um, that's what most nations around the world are like. I mean, we yeah. talked about this with Vivek, where we said like the in, Japanese, in India, yeah. in India, like they would not accept like a a, a European coming in and and ruling over them. Like mm. they they rejected that actually in the 20th century, uh, and so yeah. like they would not be not be cool with that. Um, like everywhere else doesn't doesn't think like this. And the problem is, you bring in people that don't think like this, and they take advantage of you and and your weakness and mm-hmm. your 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 the the. You, refusal to you know, defend your people mm-hmm. um and, and so like you, you see this um also i mean just in, in terms of like stuff we talked about in the previous episodes you know like with the, the tucker carlson uh video uh, about preserving like your nation and the families in your nation and the incomes for for all the people in your like that's a good thing a good impulse and it's more important than just raising the nation's gdp um that's 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 one thing uh, and secondly, um, you know, secondly, like with the East Palestine stuff um, that that has been you know ongoing, right? Why why does that stuff happen? Why do they not care? Why do they not issue a disaster declaration? And why do they why do why do they you know wait weeks to to make it you know make even a trip out there? Uh, it's because they don't care about these people. Because these are the people that they want to destroy and expropriate. Like they the middle of the country, and this is this is the theme over really the last 30 years, I mean, the um, Pat Buchanan thing, which when we were both libertarians, like we scoffed at, right? We scoffed at this thing, like, well, who cares? It's, it's much more efficient to have the, ch- the factories in China. Um, well, um, efficient at producing stuff, maybe, or producing, you know, higher economic output, maybe. Um, but it's, it's not a very efficient way to maintain the structural integrity of your society, and the people mm-hmm. in your society and what happened mm-hmm. in the last 30 years is all of these places like East Palestine or, or my town in my town. Um, the, one of the main employers just announced they're closing the, the factory this week. So, wow. um, you know, very relevant. Like this, this is the kind of um, this is the kind of stuff that happens is it, they, they ship all the industry off and the, the, the middle American people are left 
jobless. They don't have they don't have good incomes anymore to to provide for families, and they're hopeless, and they um, commit suicide and and overdose on drugs. Like mm-hmm. that's that's middle American life, and that and these are this is not stuff that happens by accident, right? This is not these are these are not accidental things. This is this is this is policy preferences that are wanted, that are mm-hmm. intentional. They yeah. people want this to happen to the people in the center of the country, and yeah. most people think, well, who cares about you know working class white people, right? They're just white trash. Um, it but like it moves up the food chain too, right? So if you're like this haughty, <laughs> you know, um, middle class or upper middle class white person, right? Well, you know, who's the bear going to eat next as you're running away from it? Well, it's 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 going to be you. Like they're like that's that's part of it is uh, people don't understand that like these interahamwe mobs are being ginned up. Like that's what happened in Rwanda is there was a radio station broadcasting stuff saying these people are not human. Go kill them. Um, that's, that's basically what the yeah. media and, is doing. And we're to, on the brink of that. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Like that's what the 16, uh, 1619 project was. And people think, well, the New York times, whatever, but like the New York times leads the way for mm-hmm. all of the rest of the media. Like mm-hmm. they're the ones, they're the bell cow that says, this is the direction we're going. Like they'd mm-hmm. send the marching orders to everybody else. So and, I, I want to jump yeah. in on that because I know that the other thing we wanted to talk about too, is the El Salvador situation. Yes. Um, so speaking of like the media running a narrative, like you have this situation in El Salvador, yes. like, do you want to play that video real quick or. Yeah. So this is, this is a video that, um, that came out. I think it was Reuters or, or someone else um, uh, published it. And just talking about the El Salvadoran gangs, it's <laughs> mostly MS 13 members that, um, that are in prison in El Salvador. And mind you, a couple, just a couple of years ago, I think it was 2019, El Salvador had the highest murder rate, maybe 2017, uh, someone can correct us, um, had the highest murder rate in the world. Something like, you know, 130 or 140 people murdered per 100,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Chicago is 30 or 40 people uh, mm-hmm. to give, uh, to give reference. And so, um, they they elected a president. He's the guy that that became famous because he you know, paid off his country's debt and, and put all their money reserves into cryptocurrency. Um, the other thing that he's been doing is so that's that's one so that's when we talk about this that's one thing to keep in mind. And secondly, they they treat these MS13 gang members uh, very brutally uh, in the prisons. Of course, um, other countries in the past in in more civilized times. Uh, would not have put these guys in prison. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that, so keep that keep that in mind. But one of the things that's interesting to me is, uh, first of all, these guys, look look how many of them there are. These guys were groomed. These, these aren't spontaneous, yeah. organic criminals, right? These were groomed for something. And so this is an a, army. Yes. These are POWs in a yes. war. And so what's it, what's his name? The president Bukele. 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 For pronouncing yeah, yeah. it wrong, someone correct us in, in, in the comments. Uh, yeah, but, su- yeah. Sue us. <clears throat> Please don't. Uh, <laughs> the well, so the they have a situation where Bukele basically um he he acted in a way that is completely at odds with how the New York Times would want you um to act in this situation as a political leader because these types of armies are built for left-wing purposes. Like that's kind of the point yeah. is when you do what it takes as a political option, you have to act in ways that the New York Times does not approve of. And so like yeah. one of the things that I was curious about is why did this video all of a sudden just surface 
right? Like what's yeah. what's the motivation for this video going out? And then all yeah, of the someone commentators, edited all of this and, and, and yeah. pushed it. Yeah. Right. And all the editors had the same had the same narrative, the same response that this was a violation of human rights, right? The typical, you know, American oh, yeah. propaganda, how it's a violation of human rights and oh, their, human rights. Their, oh, man. their dignity. Look, their, look at oh, yeah, the Imago Day. Oh no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that Ben Shapiro or was that who was I don't that? know. That's just my that's my nerd voice and that's in your general. New York Times yeah. voice. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. Uh, uh, actually it should be NPR voice. The Imago Day is being violated. <laughs> Yeah, you should get so, a job for uh, gospel <laughs> all things considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but no, that, that, this no, is but, I mean, immediately. So, yeah, so immediately. Why this was this coming out? All of a sudden, why is it coming out? Why did all the commentators have the same narrative push on it? And why is it against the president of a country who is basically one of the first right wing Latin American presidents? I mean, there's Bolsonaro and all that, but he's this this guy. He was a centrist, you know, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, he's very much right wing. He's got that spirit of Cortez in him that I think the Latin America has always had. Kind of, you know, there's a stream of Cortez that's kind of been sitting under the surface, along with the old, you know, the Marxist occupations and all that sort of the continuation mm -hmm. of, of uh, Pinochet and all that. But it's just interesting yeah. to me. To Marxism, yeah. There's this there's this interesting political dynamic at play here where there's the American interests, which are basically to create tensions and chaos and like sort of a moral and legal anarchy. That's always been like the American way of taking over countries. And then you have a political defender who's willing to use power to do what it takes to oppose that. And you can kind of just see these themes come into play and it, you begin to wonder a what types of armies are being built in America? And B, well, mm -hmm. is there any right-wing leader in America that's going to do what it takes and, and ignore the shouting of the New York Times in order to do uh, what is necessary to defend the country? Uh, because yeah. these things are coming. This is not – like yes, it, it's been foreign to the American experience in the 20th century, but it can't go on like that forever. So, uh, eventually, something's got to crack, and these are the types of things we, were gonna, we are going to see. Well, I mean, also, I mean, just think about uh, Mexico, for instance, right now, um, Mexico, you know, entire swaths of the country of Mexico are not under the control of the government of Mexico. Um, so, like, if, when you bring up, like, right. what kind of armies are going to be operating or, or soon operating in America? Well, that, that's one is cartels. Mm -hmm. um, two, we've already seen this, actually, like armies of criminals doing bad stuff. We saw it in 2020. I mean, that's this is literally what the BLM riots were: is um, organized cells of of mm -hmm. Marxist agitators, um, and and looters and and rioters mm -hmm. were unleashed. Yeah. I mean, they right. were they were intentionally set out to do destruction, and and so, um, you know, what happens when when they actually you know operate like an army? You know, mm -hmm. when you when you bring in right. when you bring in groups to do this, I mean, that's that's part of I mean, we've brought up DeSantis before, but part of, um, you know, summoning the will to do what must be done is like CNN, The New York Times, MSNBC. They're going to call you a fascist if you oppose <laughs> these people. I'm sure like there was the speech um, of Bukele uh, the other day, and I'm sure they're going to say this guy's just like Hitler um, they're they're going to do things like this and, yeah. and say this stuff because that that's the only like play that they run and, and of course it works that's why they run it it does work um, that's why the video is released because they're setting themselves yeah. up for a narrative play yeah they I mean they're going to want to like regime change uh, El Salvador I mean that's that's mm -hmm. what happened in Brazil basically they had a 2020 election in Brazil um, and they got rid of Bolsonaro 
uh, and they'll they'll try to get rid of this guy too. But the problem is, like, there's only so much you could do of that. Like, you, you can only right. cheat and so I, much, and especially if right. the guy is super popular. The only yes. way you get rid of him is with military force. And he's also willing to use power, which is something yes. that like like the Carrie Lakes and the Donald Trumps, like as well as intentioned as they are, like these these Latin America dictators, um, you know, they're they're more willing to use power to confront what they accurately interpret as an international threat to their sovereignty and to the you know the order of their society. Yeah, and, and so I mean the, the opportunity exists. Um, in, in America and in, in other places um, for someone to be willing to exercise power on um, on behalf of their people. That's yeah. what this that's what this man is doing is I mean you see all the people shrieking about this stuff, but it's like these are these are people that that you know chainsaw human beings alive uh, and and you know cut off heads and, and, and you know eat human beings and 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 rape you know, women and children, like these are, these are the absolute scum of the earth that, like I said, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't saying it tongue in cheek, a more civilized society would not pay a lot of money to keep them in very high security prison like this. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. would not do that. Um, right. in, 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 you know, 50 years ago, hundred years ago, that that's not what we would be done. Um, and so this is the compromise. Like this is the middle way. This is the third way. This is the Tim Keller third way is put these guys <laughs> in prison. Um, and so uh, that's 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 what's going on here. But it, it, what it does is it provides a model for Americans, um, for, for really for post-liberal leaders in right. the future, because there, there's going to be a demand for it, like especially among the younger generation. We see how th bad things are <clears throat> that we are not going to ask for someone to just oh follow the laws and follow the constitution and do you know do mm -hmm. things uh do things the way they've always been done no we, we want we want someone to come in right we want the we want a constantine right, to come in and and fix everything that's what people are going to want yeah. and and so like this this guy here i mean he and he invokes this stuff i uh, we could we could play you know his video as well but he he invokes uh christianity invokes uh god and the church and their tradition and his speech before right. his troops right. uh, saying would that this is, a, this is a Christian would become, nation would be completely unacceptable to like the gospel coalition, like regime evangelical crowd. They would completely go um, hysterical if someone yeah. in America did that. Yeah. The know? mainstream mainstream evangelicals, right. Ostensibly conservative evangelicals. Their response to this is we preferred when MS 13 was murdering and raping um, uh, as many people as they wanted to. We yeah. prefer that situation than this, right? That's what yeah. they, that's what they say. That's what ultimately what they believe. We yeah. would rather have MS thirteen running rampant in El Salvador, because that's what the New York Times wants. That's what that's what the the you know the cosmopolitan people in in all in Manhattan right at the mm -hmm. cocktail party. That's what they want mm -hmm. is life to be that way. Um, that that's that's their guiding star for for morality is <laughs> is not what's good for human beings. What's what's good for actual human flourishing is is putting these people in prison or worse that's that's what actually is good for human flourishing because these are these are decisions right just like right. just like the uh the guy you know shooting the homeless man point blank right one you, that we allow homeless people to run rampant in in cities two that we allow criminals to run rampant in cities all of these are policy decisions that we have actively not passively actively chosen for ourselves yeah. and they could change it could change Others, yeah. human civilizations for 
millennia have had answers to these problems, and we're seeing one of the answers right here in El Salvador. Yeah, and I think what's at play here is it's not just like like you mentioned, just like the like the crimes that these people are committing. But not only is this like a threat to just like the peace and well being of society, but this is also a political army. This is something that threatens yeah. the the character and stability of the order itself. And so the political leader has to make a political decision based on a political calculation. Like these are very political situations. I think more yeah. than anything, that's what the New York Times doesn't like. Because if if yes. like the New York Times editor was like if if his house was broken into you know the police would be there within 30 seconds and they would deal with the situation but yeah. they what they what they love is the political chaos because the political chaos allows them to capture more power but this is what yes. these uh and this is kind of actually the function that dictators have had uh in the 20th century there's a lot of dictators that were actually responding based on political calculation to specifically political or specifically marxist threats to the well-being of their of their order. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to have to happen. This is why they call, this is why they call, um, oh, geez, I just forgot his name, Orban in, in Hungary. This oh, is why Victor they Orban, call yeah. him yeah, an evil dictator. This is why yeah. they call Lukashenko an evil dictator because they're responding politically to political threats. And that's what they hate about this. And that's, I think that's why this video has been released by the American regime media because yeah. they, they're gearing up for a narrative play. So anyways, I know, I know we're basically out of time, but that's kind of our, Two, yeah, two cents on that. We're running out of time on, on, on this. Uh, there'll be other topics uh, like this in the future. We'll continue these discussions, especially uh, especially regarding political theology and um, and political order uh, within a, a Christian uh, nation. Uh, CJ, what what content uh, elsewhere do you have? You mentioned the Chronicles uh, podcast uh, that you've been doing. What, what other things um, do you want our listeners and viewers to see? Yeah, that's that's probably the big one. We haven't done like a big announcement yet, but we've got three episodes up and we're probably going to do some begin to like really push it next week, probably. But yeah, you can always find me at my full name. You can see here on the video, CJAY Ingle, CJAY.substack.com is where I write. And then at Contra Mordor is my, uh, Mordor is my Twitter handle. And I think that's also my Gab uh, handle as well. Um, Andrew wants me to be more active over there. And, uh, and, and you will be right about that's... that. Yeah, that's 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 where you need to be. That's, um, the, that's where you need to be. That's right. Um, nobody's ki nobody's getting kicked off there for defending their nation. No, they will not. Uh, you will on on Twitter and everywhere else. Um, so even with Elon in charge. Uh, so uh, for me, uh, what people need to uh, read, I've, I have some new articles um, at news.gab.com. Uh, one I, I mentioned last week uh, about uh, modern martyrdom uh that that if you haven't read yet you'll want to check out we'll have in the in the show notes i'm going to have uh an exclusive movie review of the film the jesus revolution i saw that last night uh, i recommend everybody go see it uh it's it gets a, a full go see it for me i don't oh, know nice. cj have you seen it yet CJ? i haven't seen it no i'm glad what's well, about your state too you would think you would see it by now uh, <laughs> anything but, uh, about my state is not worth seeing <laughs> it's southern california you're in the north um but okay. yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was an excellent movie, um, and 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 really, um, you know, an, an un uh, an underappreciated part of the 20th century, I think, is is the, the Jesus People movement um, it, at the end of the 60s. All the, all these hippies who got saved uh, it really is what what um, was the springboard for a lot of modern evangelicalism uh, and, and, and foundational. It's, it's kind of the, it was the next iteration of of the 
revivalism and the revivalist uh, uh, history, both the good and the bad. I mean, a lot of bad. Uh, but uh, excellent, excellent film. Uh, really well done. And you'll you'll see the full review, uh, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out. So uh, that's that's all we have. Unfortunately, yes, uh, uh, the poster, we're going to make it. No time for him. Um, otherwise, um, hopefully you all have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>